We are. We are. We are cultivate. 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 We are cultivate. From the outside, Harold Henthorne and his wife Tony appear to have the perfect marriage. Tony was a successful ophthalmologist, and Harold enjoyed talking about his work as a fundraiser for nonprofit organizations such as churches. They moved to Denver, Colorado shortly after their wedding in 2000 to join the Mountain Vistas, and they would welcome a daughter in 2005. However, this perfect life would all change in 2012 after Tony would fall to her death while hiking the Rocky Mountain National Park. Detectives would realize that Harold's version of events wasn't quite adding up after discovering a strange map in his car. Furthermore, detectives discovered that Harold Henthorne's first wife, Lynn, died in strange circumstances in 1995. It would eventually become all too clear as to why Harold Henthorne would be labelled as the Black Widower. Hello, fellow weirdos. Welcome to this week's bonus episode of Horror House. It is Dom. Um, Please take this as your reminder that you are a bloody lovely human being. You are a beautiful human. You are doing amazing things and you are smashing life. But also, I want to thank you, as always, for the support that you give our show. Whether you're a long-time listener, whether this is the first time you have given our horror our uh, podcast a chance, we thank you all the same. We genuinely couldn't do this without you. So, you know, thank you for the support. Thank you for tuning in every week. Thank you for following us on Instagram or your podcast app that you listen to us on or subscribing to the YouTube channel or liking, you know, the videos on YouTube, whatever it may be. Thank you. Um it genuinely means the world um, and we are forever grateful for it. Um, so for this bonus episode, it's uh, going to just be me. Um, Amy, bless her, is swamped um, with work. Um, I mean, that's what she said. Really, she doesn't want to she doesn't want to record um, for you people. That was, those were her exact words exact words um i'm joking uh she she is swamped bless her um so i said that i would take the reins for this solo episode um we will be recording together tomorrow so friday's episode will be both of us and it's a very uh current case i shall leave it at that but it's a very current case it's been in the news hopefully that hasn't put you off um and hopefully you're, you're going to stick around regardless. Um, because today's episode is about Harold Henthorne. Um, a next level uh, piece of shit. He is he is an absolute scumbag. Um, and you will see why as we go through this episode. Why Harold Henthorne is just the worst. With that being said, without further ado, let's get into today's bonus episode about the Black Widower, Harold Henthorne. 
So Tony and Harold Henthorne would meet online in 1999 and were smitten quickly, marrying nine months later. Uh, Tony was a successful eye surgeon, um, but all she wanted was to be in a loving marriage and have a family that she can call her own. Uh, when she met Harold, her hopes seemed to come true. Harold introduced himself as a wealthy businessman who raised funds for schools and churches. When they met, Harold encouraged Tony to relocate uh, from Jackson, Mississippi to Denver, Colorado. Uh, Tony found it difficult to leave her friends and her family behind, but she was excited to begin a new life with her spouse. Um, she gave birth to their daughter Haley in 2005, uh, completing their family. Uh, Tony had gotten all that she had desired. It's, you know, happy, happy life, happy marriage. She's got a, she's got a kid. It's all gravy for for Tony and Harold. It's all gravy. Um, that's that's not going to change. That's not going to go wrong. On the 29th of September, uh, 2012, Tony and Harold would go on a hike at the Rocky Mountain National Park. Uh, they were celebrating their 12th um, wedding anniversary. Interesting way to spend your anniversary. I don't know if um, I don't know if hiking is the way that I would look at spending a wedding anniversary. Um, there are there are many things that I would rather do um than hike to be perfectly honest if i can avoid uh if i can avoid exercise in general i i normally do um but yeah hiking for an anniversary is an interesting way to spend it but each to their own they might really like hiking so that might that might be something they that they both enjoy and maybe they got some very nice views um but yeah, hiking is a is an interesting way to spend your anniversary. Definitely not how I would want to spend mine. There are other ways. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> um, that was really cringe. I'm so sorry. Um, everyone's just clipped off the video. <laughs> I'm talking into the void now. Um, so the pair would begin their walk um, and at about 3.30 p.m. They would leave the trail um, and they would have lunch on top of a picturesque cliff. Um, at 4.45 p.m., uh, after continu continuing off route, they discovered a cliff um, below their lunch site. Notice that I've said cliff a few times now. Ominous? Maybe. Well, Tony would fall from that same steep cliff less than half an hour later, plummeting 130 feet to the ground. When Harold discovered his wife had fallen 130 feet, he would quickly dial 911. Well, I say that. Maybe quickly wasn't the right word, to be honest. Um, and that's because the 911 call was placed at 544 and Tony had fallen 45 minutes before this, um, you know, because who wouldn't wait 45 minutes after seeing their wife plummet off a cliff to call 911? 
he said it took him 15 minutes to get to her and another 30 minutes to examine and move her. While on the phone uh, to 911, Harold provided their location near the mountain's crest. He informed the operator that Tony's breathing was laboured and that she had suffered a head injury. Falling 130 feet off a cliff would do that. Um, Also, it took him half an hour to move her? That That seems an awfully long time. The 15 minutes to get to her, I can kind of see. Um, but half an hour to move her, like, you know, how long did it take for him to examine her before he, that, it just doesn't add up, does it? It just doesn't add up. Something, something's fishy with old Henthorn, telling you. Harold would speak to another operator and told them that he had lit a fire and Tony's breathing had, um, become more shallow. Um. Harold informed the operator that he had attempted uh, chest compressions and she instructed him on how to do them properly. Harold would dial 911 yet again and inquired whether assistance was on its way. Um, around 8 p.m. and EMT Ranger did arrive and Tony would be examined. Um, but unfortunately, rather unsurprisingly, by this point, um, it was too late. Harold would be questioned uh, by the police about the circumstances uh, surrounding Tony's death. Um, He would tell investigators that he did not witness Tony fall, um, but was reading text messages when he observed what he described as a blur. Um, But old, old, uh, old fishy Harold uh, couldn't quite keep his story consistent. Um, Harold would tell people that Tony had gotten too uh, close to the edge. He also told another person that Tony was attempting to capture photographs when she slipped. Um, when Tony's parents, Bob and Yvonne uh, Bertolet, um, were informed that Tony had died in a tragic accident, uh, Bob would simply respond, quote, he pushed her. While it appeared that Tony's death was an accident at first, Tony's parents stated that they had been concerned about her for quite some time. When the couple moved, uh, she lost her confidence and Harold had taken control of her life. Something wasn't right and Yvonne needed to talk to Tony about it. However, she usually had the same response when she brought up Harold's employment, the couple's lack of money, um, or his need to control every aspect of her life. Quote, if you do that, I'll suffer the consequences. Harold doesn't sound like the loving husband that he was made, he made himself out to be, um, or just the, the good person in general, you know, the one who ran non-profit organizations and you know was involved in churches and hospitals and all that jazz doesn't quite sound like the the real harold henthorne does it and there would be an incident that would be a sign of things to come Uh, harold had a cabin west of denver and they would both spend a lot of time there on one occasion when Haley was sleeping Harold requested Tony assist him in clearing debris. Um, 
As Tony walked beneath the porch, a heavy beam would fall off and hit her neck, uh, fracturing her vertebrae. Harold would explain that this was due to a large piece of lumber falling um, off the porch. Falling off the porch, he says. Hmm. Um, The police would soon uncover some troubling details uh, when investigating Tony's death. There were several discrepancies in what Harold told others about the uh, about the hike, uh, the region, and what happened that day. Harold and Tony had originally planned to trek uh, the Bear Lake Trail, according to a ranger. Uh, this would have been a good choice for Tony due to having three separate knee surgeries. Um, however, Harold, being the caring, loving husband that he was, um, informed the ranger that they had opted to take the Deer Mountain Trail instead. The Deer Mountain Trek is a three-mile journey that climbs 1,200 feet from the trailhead to the top of a 10, uh, the, to the top of 10, 000, of its 10,200 feet at its summit. That's considerably less ideal for Tony and her knees. Yeah, someone who's had three separate knee surgeries is probably going to struggle with that one. Um, Harold informed the ranger that he was unfamiliar um, with the area and had only visited it once. Um, However, authorities would discover through uh, his phone records that he had visited eight or nine times um, in the six weeks preceding that day. Um, Furthermore, he was familiar with the area and the treacherous cliff from which Tony had fallen. Not looking good for you, is it, Harold? Uh, Detectives also uncovered a suspicious map in Harold Henthorne's truck just days after uh, Tony's death. It was a map of the Rocky Mountain National Park with the Deer Mountain Path highlighted in pink, uh, which Harold and Tony had hiked on that fateful day. This didn't seem too strange on its own. Perhaps Harold had merely marked the track that he had chosen to walk. Harold, on the other hand, had not just underlined the route. There was also a big fat X scrawled near the exact spot where Tony had died, which makes this map far, far less innocent um, than it maybe appeared at first. Unsurprisingly, Harold was apparently at a loss for words uh, when investigators approached him with the map. Um, he then claimed that it wasn't for the anniversary trip, but a map he'd prepared for his nephew. Um, however, the police uh, were unconvinced by Harold Henthorne's story. I think I think we all are, Harold. <laughs> I know that you're not watching this, um, but I think we all are a bit unconvinced by your story. Um, Harold's 911 call was also a cause for concern. When the operator attempted to assist him with CPR, he told her that he couldn't speak for long because his phone battery was low. Uh, despite this, he he apparently had a a, a, a a Nokia 3210, which you know had just infinite battery life. Um, because uh, he would make 
a further 22 phone calls and send or receive a further 98 text messages. But his battery is low. He couldn't talk for long. I mean, these must have been some very short phone calls. Like, these 22 phone calls were literally like 30 seconds long. Needed to conserve that battery. Uh, Furthermore, Harold had taken out um, life insurance policies on Tony, uh, according to the police. He had also made himself the beneficiary of a life insurance policy that that originally had his daughter as the beneficiary. And the police would soon discover that this was not the first time Harold was a beneficiary of a life insurance policy involving a spouse. But before we get in to, into that old, um, that old chestnut, that story, I think it's time for a quick break um, while we, we gather our thoughts about Harold Henthorne. Um, so grab a drink. Um, grab a bite to eat, grab a snack, whatever it is you want to do. Um, have some you time. I, I'm not judging. I'm not judging. Um, and I will see you back here in just a few minutes. Dark Adaptation Podcast is a weekly podcast hosted by me, Brianna, and our producer Dyson joins me while working the knobs. Our show explores all things macabre and mysterious. We're talking dark history, true crime, haunted places, you name it. While we typically dive into lesser-known stories, we do cover well-known ones too. And for those more, let's say, popular cases, we deliver so much information you're guaranteed to learn something new. And sometimes we're even joined by our guest host, Steph, who brings a cosmic twist to the show. Our other guest host, Paige, joins us every other month to bring us into the world of cryptids and folklore. Tune in every Monday for a new episode full of intrigue and entertainment. Dark Adaptation Podcast is available wherever you stream your favorite podcasts. And next Monday, we'll catch you on the dark side. Hey you. Yeah, you. The one hearing us right now. Welcome to Cryptic Soup. I'm Thena. And I'm Kylie. We wanted to say hey and tell you about our podcast. It's a podcast we both host where we talk crimes, cryptids, murders, and a lot of wild stuff in between. You can find Mothman, Jeffrey Dahmer, SeaWorld, Spectrophilia, Casey Anthony, or even Skinwalker Ranch to be just a few of the crazy topics we cover. We even do some fun urban legends to make you feel like a kid at the campfire again. We're just two best friends hanging out, diving into all the things that your coworkers think you're a weirdo for wanting to talk about. We have a new episode every Tuesday at 3 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, and we're always open for case suggestions. Our Instagram is at CrypticSuitPod, where our DMs are always open, so slide on in. We always want to hear your opinions about any cases and episodes we cover. You can find our episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and most podcasting platforms. At Cryptic Soup Pod, the menu is always overflowing with crazy topics you'll want to hear about. So join the conversation today and come hang out with us. Stay tuned. Welcome back, everybody, uh, to the second part of today's bonus episode about um, our, our good friend, Harold Henthorne. 
the caring husband, the good man. <laughs> um, so it's. I mean, I think I think everyone knows that he he kind of killed his 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 second wife. He kind of killed Tony, um, but there was also some suspiciousness surrounding the uh, surrounding his his previous wife, Lynn. Um, so let, let's talk about it, shall we? Let's let's talk about Harold and Lynn. Uh, so Harold's met his first wife, uh, Lynn, in college, and the two of them would hit it off uh, straight away. They appeared to be very happy together. Um, so friends and family were overjoyed when the couple would choose to marry. Um, Harold and Lynn would settle into a quiet life with nothing out of the norm. They were able to build a life in Colorado, uh, and the couple were well-liked in their um, community. People were sure that the marriage of Lynn and Harold would withstand the test of time. However, this would not be the case. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, the death of Lynn Henthorne came as a shock to many, and a big part of why was the sudden and the quite bizarre nature of it. Um, on the 6th of May 1995, Harold and Lynn decided to take a drive uh, down an almost desolate roadway in Sedalia. Sedalia? If Courtney from uh, Nick of Crime Podcast is listening, and I've absolutely butchered that, I'm very sorry. Um, she is from Colorado, so I've probably got that completely wrong. Sorry if I have. Um, uh, the highway they chose had little traffic, and the two enjoyed the comfortable silence as they drove. Alarm bells are ringing <laughs> quite loudly. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I enjoy a comfortable. I enjoy. I'm quite comfortable sitting in a room with other people in silence. Like, I, I'm. I'm quite comfortable um with just sitting there and not talking um i i don't find that uncomfortable um i know other people do i know people that you know if they if they're sitting in a room with a few other people and nobody's talking it's only a matter of time before they have to say something because they just they are so uncomfortable that's not me i, I i'm quite happy to sit there and not say anything and it's not uncomfortable to me but Driving down a empty highway in the dark, in silence. Ooh. Even even for me, I think I that that would that would you know alarm bells, alarm bells would be ringing. Uh, during the trip, the two would notice something was wrong with their car, and Harold would get out to inspect the damage. He would put the vehicle on a set of car jacks after determining that it was a problematic tyre. Um, meanwhile, Lynn spotted a lug nut laying beneath the car and crawled underneath to retrieve it. Unfortunately, that's when the jacks would give way and the car, and the car slammed down onto the woman, uh, crushing her. When the authorities questioned Harold, he was unable to fully explain why the jacks suddenly buckled. Um, furthermore, the multiple statements he told uh, police uh, 
um, rather unsurprisingly, contradicted one another. Consistency is not his strong point when it comes to his stories. You need to be consistent with your stories, Harold. They need to, they need to match. It's not going to do you much good if you're contradicting all of your stories. Um, he informed one officer that they were going east that night and another that they were actually going west. In one story he gave police, he mentioned a restaurant where they had stopped for dinner before Lynn's death. Uh, but yet in another, he said they were on their way to the restaurant. Um, unfortunately, nobody asked the actual restaurant if Harold uh, or Lynn had dined there that night. Um, a partial shoe print was also discovered on their car's tire. Um, the same one that Lynn was in, pro- in the process of changing. Um, at the time, the print was never checked um, to Harold's shoes to see if the, if, uh, the print matched. I mean, it's, it's a little bit suspicious. There, there just so happens to be a boot mark on the tire um that that uh that just so happened to be the one that Lynn was changing is a, a bit fishy it's a bit fishy however the placement of the uh shoe print was such that it would have been consistent with i don't know someone say kicking the car um and obviously a kick to the car would have likely caused it to fall down on top of Lynn um but harold wouldn't kick kick the jacks or well not kick the jacks he didn't kick the jacks harold wouldn't kick the tire which meant that the jacks buckled which meant that the car fell off harold harold wouldn't do that he's a good husband he's a loving husband he would he would he would never he would never consider it well um harold had purchased a big life insurance policy on Lynn prior to her death. Um, He told police he was going to get $300,000, but if they had checked this independently, they would have realized that he was going to get twice that amount. Uh, This was based on a policy change made by Harold shortly before Lynn's death, um, uh, in which he revised it to provide double compensation if Lynn just so happened to die in, I don't know, a freak accident, perhaps. Uh, a woman named Patricia Montoya was mentioned uh, in the police file. Patricia informed the police that she was driving home with her family at around 10 p.m. Um, when Harold flagged them down for help. They looked for a phone to call 911, couldn't find them, um, so they dragged Lynn out from beneath the car. Harold yelled at them not to touch her, um he was also opposed to them performing cpr um and he also refused to hand over his coat uh, so that it could be kept um used to keep lynn warm understandably this was all pretty suspicious uh for patricia i mean pretty suspicious for everybody <laughs> um you know harold's wife has just been slammed um by by a car um that she was laying underneath of underneath um you know and and you would think that you know harold being the loving husband would want cpr to be attempted um on on his wife 
or would want her to be dragged out from under the car so they could perform CPR. But maybe if he's going to get $600,000 from her accidental death that he had nothing to do with because it was a freak accident. But yeah, I, I can obviously see why he didn't want CPR performed. He was he was going to get bag. So he, he didn't want his wife being saved. Harold was like that. I'm going to be out 600 grand, uh, six, 600,000. Like this. Oh, Harold. Harold. Um, Lynn would be airlifted to a nearby hospital, but unfortunately she would pass away during the surgery. Lynn's death uh, would be ruled as accidental and no charges were filed against Harold in connection with her passing. Make of that what you will. <laughs> I, suppose, I suppose they didn't have any hard evidence that, that linked him to that. You know, it was sort of circumstantial. It was a, it was a partial print on a tire which may have matched his shoe, but they didn't test that. Like, and there were no witnesses to see him, you know, maybe kicking the tire. You know, it, I can see why he wasn't like no charges were filed against him, but yeah, it's, it's, frustrating because i suppose all signs point to harold being the one responsible you know he was going to get a big payout if she died accidentally so however uh when it comes to tony's death uh harold henthorne wouldn't be so lucky um and that's because in connection with her death harold would be charged with first degree murder Prosecutors concluded that he pushed Tony off the cliff with premeditation and malice afterthought. They maintained that Harold planned her murder and the map with an X placed on the spot where Tony fell was introduced into evidence to establish this to the jury. They also heard um, facts from the phone records which showed Harold visiting the park several times in the weeks preceding Tony's death. The medical examiner also discovered no evidence of abrasions, contusions, or anterior rib fractures, which are sometimes linked with CPR. Um, in fact, there was actually zero indication that any CPR had been attempted on Tony at all. Um, the jury would hear that Tony received a neck injury in May 2011 when she was struck in the in the back of the neck and upper back with a large wooden beam. Um, it happened much like the incident with Lynn and when Tony was pushed off the cliff um, in a distant and secluded location and the version of events that Harold gave others was inconsistent. Um, he would inform the paramedics that he threw the beam but then told a doctor that it had fallen um, from the deck. However, Harold informed a friend that he dropped it on Tony as he slid off a ladder um, that she was holding. The prosecution would also claim that Harold had a reason for murdering his wife, um, and that reason was life insurance. Harold had three, three $1.5 million life insurance policies on Tony, as well as a $205,000 um, annuity 
and because of Tony's death, he would stand to gain more than $4.7 million. Wow! <laughs> that's, that's so much money. Wow, that's, um, that's a hell of a motive, right? Jesus Christ, if he's, if he's going to be $4.7 million richer by offing his wife, yeah, that's all the motivation he needs, right? Make sure your spouse does not have life insurance policies on you people. Um, and check that because that, oof, I, I don't want to put ideas out there, but make sure that there are no life insurance policies out on you uh, specifically from your spouse. Just, just make sure. Um, the defense did not call any witnesses to the stand, instead relying on the prosecution's failure to prove their case. Um, and it would be an unwise decision um, because that would prove to be their undoing. Um, after 10 and a half hours of deliberation, the jury would find Harold Henthorne guilty of murder and sentence him to life behind bars. Uh, Harold would proclaim his innocence just before being sentenced, uh, claiming, quote, Tony was a remarkable woman. Uh, I loved her with all of my heart. I did not kill Tony or anybody else. End quote. And that is the case of black widower Harold Henthorne. Um, loving husband, uh, good guy. No, no reason to, to, to kill his spouses, whatsoever. Um, yeah, I mean, let's be honest. He probably did kill Lynn. Um, I think all the signs point to, point to him, offing Lynn. Um, you know, yes, the life insurance payout for Lynn wasn't what he was. What wasn't the four point seven million that he had. Um, that he was set to gain from Tony's um, insurance policies. But still, $600,000, that's a lot of money. So, yeah, I think uh, I think all, all things point to him offing Lynn. And as far as Tony, I mean, there's evidence out the, out the fucking wazoo. Um, wazoo? Who the fuck says that? Um, <laughs> Evidence out of the ass um, for him for him killing Tony. You know the map, the the multiple visits to the location before their hike, um, the you know the the half an hour or the the sorry the forty five minutes um, it took for him to call nine one one after she fell. Um, you know, no signs of CPR being performed. There's there's a lot that points to him being the one who did that. Um, but of course, he's going to deny it. You know, we 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 come across it so often. Um, serial killers or, or people that kill uh, more often than not, they're they're going to say that it it wasn't them. They had nothing to do with it. Oh, I miss my wife so much. Why would I murder her? She was the light of my life. Um, and it's like, no. <laughs> All the evidence points it points to you, you fucking dick. Um, but yeah. Uh, Harold Henthorne is is just uh, a bit of a bellend, uh, a bit of a dickhead, dickhead. Um, 
so yes, that is that is the case of Harold um, Harold Henthorn. Thank you for for listening to uh, this week's bonus episode. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Um, hopefully I I I still made it um, made it fun. <laughs> um, you know, and and it was still an enjoyable listen, even though it's just me. I still hope you liked it. Um, if you enjoy what we do here at Horror House, please support us. There are many ways that you can do that. You can follow us on Instagram at horrorhouse underscore pod. You can um, follow us on your podcast app of choice. Um, you can leave us a rating on Spotify. You can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Um, you can subscribe to the YouTube channel. Um, please, please do. We want to grow the YouTube channel. Um, we've got a, a, an awesome little community over there. So, you know, come be part of it. Um, so those are some ways that you can support us for free. Um, if you want to support us financially, there is the buy me a coffee, buy me a coffee, uh, link that you can go to. If you want to get us some coffees, we are struggling content creators forever struggling content creators um so if you want to throw us uh, a coffee or two then we will be very thankful amy loves coffee so she would she would be over the moon um and you know it would it would be helpful um you know for us to to continue what we do so all that's left to say from me my friends is until next time as always, stay spooky. Ooh.